You are listening to the Wealth Formula Podcast with Buck Joffrey. Get ready to change your life. Welcome, everybody. This is Buck Joffrey with the Wealth Formula Podcast. And today I'd like to start out just doing the same thing I always do, which is to remind you that there are lots of resources that you can take advantage of at wealthformula.com, including uh, downloading my book, Seven Secrets of Eternal Wealth. Uh, You can also get that by simply texting 44222 and uh, typing in Wealth Formula, one word, and that would get you, magically will get you the book. By the way, I have noticed that we just discovered that those those leads were never uh, actually going to a list. And part of the reason for this is so that we can get you into the system. But you'll start getting some emails from me if you haven't, if you've down, downloaded that book. And mostly those emails are just pertaining to announcements about these podcasts. It's sort of the weekly, uh, weekly le- uh, newsletter or email that I send out to everyone. The other thing I want to remind you is that there is a deeper dive in this community. It's called Wealth Formula Network. Wealth Formula Network is the uh, underbelly of the Wealth Formula world. It's where the action happens, right? It's where uh, it's where we kind of have we we have the course. We have the course that is a foundation. Uh, it's a very robust course with the likes of Tom Wheelwright and Kevin Day and the Real Estate Guys, Dean Graziosi, Christian Allen, myself. And that gives everybody sort of an opportunity to get on the same page, the same baseline knowledge. And then there is a forum in which to interact with one another in the community. And finally, perhaps the most, uh, so far, the most popular of the features of this community is the bi-weekly wealth formula mastermind call all those are available to you uh, through a simple subscription model that you can check out at wealthformularoadmap.com again that's wealthformularoadmap.com and you really got to join i mean these calls alone are really really valuable the other day um, you know i was uh, listening to the radio while i was driving to the ymca where I do my workout, and I do my workout there because I'm at least 30 years younger than everybody else, and it makes me feel like I'm in really good shape. But anyway, I was listening to uh, the radio, and I, I, I heard the story about um, there was protests going on outside of the house of Jamie Dimon. As you may know, Jamie Dimon is the CEO of J.P. Morgan Chase Manhattan, um, and he, uh, the, the protest was about the fact that Chase was investing or had invested um, in some of the facilities actively, that, and they knew this, that they were going to be used to separate children from their parents at the border. You know, there's a story that's going on all over the news, um, and, you know, regardless of your stance on immigration— you probably agree that it's not nice to keep young children from their parents. Those of us who are parents uh, can see how, you know, that would be pretty traumatic. I mean, both for a parent and for the child. Anyway, why would Chase make such an investment anyway? Is it because they don't like immigrant children? After all, we know that banks are evil, right? 
Of course not. That's not the reason. Chase made those investments because it had an attractive return on investment. They deemed it to be secure and stable. All that stuff that goes into your numbers with an investment. And as a publicly traded company with a board of directors that's really just concerned about the bottom line, as publicly publicly traded uh, companies are, they probably didn't think twice about it. Now, furthermore, now that this whole thing, this investment is getting negative PR, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Chase made some attempts at divesting from uh, those separation program facilities. Again, uh, it would be because it's bad PR, and bad PR could potentially result in some uh, negative uh, impact on the bottom line. It wouldn't be because Jamie Dimon had a change of heart. I should say that I'm not a big fan of Jamie Dimon, especially this whole thing with calling Bitcoin a fraud and all that, and then Chase going going back and trying to do their own uh, investments and creating their own patent in blockchain technologies. This guy is a hypocrite, my friends. Anyway, we as people have, uh, as individuals uh, rather than institutions, we have a, a, an advantage. We have the opportunity, if we so choose to invest our money, not only with our minds, but with our hearts. You know, some of us might even accept a little smaller return if we could just do a good deed and make a decent yield at the same time. But, you know, in order to do that, we really need to take a step back and look at things a little bit differently. Um, you know, that is if we want, want to consider changing our investing habits. So let me give you an example uh, from a personal experience. So, you know, I have invested uh, in oil and gas in the past, despite uh, what I would call an overall concern about climate change and the effects of fossil fuels on the environment. I, I actually do believe the science. I think that the data is there. Um, but at the time... Uh, I really liked the tax write-offs, and so I let my financial instincts prevail over my moral compass. And to be clear, I want to uh, be clear about this. I don't begrudge those who are investing in oil and gas. I'm not here to judge you. I don't care what you do. I'm just telling you about my personal conflicts with investing in things that are not compatible with my personal beliefs. And certainly, everybody's going to have that at some point. I mean, Listen, you know, I mean, uh, you could invest in in uh, uh, murder or something like that. Not that you'd really invest in murder, but you get the idea. You can invest in something that's going to result in something really bad, and you may not want to do it, right? But if the returns are really good, would you do it? I don't know. You probably wouldn't if it was bad enough, right? Anyway, the point I'm trying to make here is I've not invested in oil and gas for years now. And it's, uh, well, for one, it's because I didn't need the tax benefits or found them elsewhere. And so I would like to think that uh, it was more than just that, but that certainly played a part into it. Um, But I also realized that for me, there is fundamentally something wrong with investing in something that I think could be detrimental to the lives of my children. Now, that is taking it a little deeper, right? You got to start thinking, well, gosh, I mean, okay, maybe it's not good, but am I supporting it? Is it's not a big deal because I'm just one person? Well, at some point, you got to draw the line for yourself and have, you know, have some beliefs of your own and follow them. Listen, I, I, I love making money as much as anyone else. 
probably more than most people. But I've uh, realized that if you really want to, you can actually invest in uh, such a way that it is indeed congruent with your own moral compass, whatever that compass is pointing at. I don't know. That's, that's your prerogative. And the good news is that if you look hard enough, you can often find investments that make a positive impact on the world and have a financial ROI that may not only be attractive, but that in some cases could be even better than things that you don't believe in. So anyway, my friend Gordy Ball of Conscious Thought Revolution not only believes this, but he has shown it to be true. He measures his investment not only in financial ROI, but also a return on social impact. Uh, Gordy's a very smart young guy and someone with whom uh, I'm happy to be friends with. And uh, when we come back on Wealth Formula Podcast, I want you to get familiar with him and his philosophy because I think it's really interesting and uh, something to think about when it comes to your own investing philosophy. So when we come back, Gordy Ball. Welcome back to the show, everyone. Today, my guest and Wealth Formula podcast, he's a good friend of mine, and he has been a social entrepreneur his whole life. His name is Gordy Ball. Gordy spent over uh, spent um, uh, over the last decade has spent uh, a lot of time building and advertising technologies, um, and has tra- that have transacted over a trillion clicks online. And just imagine that, right? Um, after launching multiple successful digital marketing companies, Gordy turned his focus on to what he calls conscious capital. And in 2015, he founded an organization called Conscious Thought Revolution, which redeploys capital and invests in disruptive technologies, entrepreneurs, and media to accelerate the evolution of human consciousness. Welcome to Wealth Formula Podcast, Gordy. Thanks, Buck. Thanks for having me. It's good to be here. Yeah, so this is, you know, it's great to have you because, um, you know, we're, we're, you know, we always kind of uh, have to shake it up once in a while because we get so deep in the trenches with real estate and, you know, following the numbers and all that. Um, well, if, the first thing I thought would be a good idea because you're such an interesting guy and I, and I really enjoyed, you know, our, our friendship because of, you know, we're different in some ways and we're, we're also very similar in, in some ways, too. Talk a little bit more about talk to us a little about where you started. I mean, you're not I mean, you're like, you know, in your 30s right now. So you haven't you know been doing stuff forever. But but how did you get started as an entrepreneur and, you know, kind of where did you evolve to? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm happy to share that. Um, so for me, like. Growing up as a child of immigrants, we didn't have a lot of means. And so I watched my parents work their butts off to just pay for groceries. Right. And so at an early age, I, I thought that, um, that this money game was really the game to, uh, to go after. And so uh, even in elementary school and high school, I was figuring out ways on how to capture value by providing value. And so I was discovering ways in which people would attribute value to their belongings um, and nobody valued their belongings equally. So I came up with this sort of way of creating uh, economy, trading economies where everybody ends up with something different and everybody ends up happy, including myself. Yeah. 
And um, being a kid of the internet, uh, in grade 12 is when I launched um, a, an online uh, affiliate program where I started seeing that not only can I earn a lot of money, but holy smokes that this, this, this world is like, you know, people, people are doing things because one of the things I was promoting was online casinos at the time. And I would get a large portion of the amount someone would lose. And to me, when I saw those numbers, yeah. it didn't compute. Like, how can someone lose so much of their hard-earned money to an online casino? Yeah. So that's where I started coming, like, you know, getting into this whole world of generating income. Yeah. Interesting. So, so what, I mean, so where did it go from there? I mean, what you obviously, you know, you started a number of things before you started to, you know, it started to become more. Uh, than just about the money. How did you kind of evolve and, and, you know, what were your next? Yeah, 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 good, good question. So I started seeing how I was earning a lot more money than my own friends at 17, 18, 19, 20. And, uh, and it wasn't leading to any fulfillment. So what I thought was going to make me a happy individual actually made me more depressed. I was like, okay, I have more money than all my friends, yet I'm feeling this emptiness. And so I actually, you know, there's a point where I, I fell into sort of a, a depression um, my first year of university. And, um, and it was actually the, after 9-11 where it kind of sparked me to wake up and ask some really tough questions. Like, like what's going on? What is this? Why, why, what is money? Like, what's behind these uh, structures of government, politics, education, finance, tax, healthcare. And so I started deconstructing all of these systems. And when I started doing so, what, I, what became apparent is that, you know, we, the way we're organized as a civilization and species is that a select few are benefiting at the cost of everybody else and the planet. And that's when it started just not making sense. Like, how are we living where we're continuing to consolidate power and wealth to, you know, a select few at the top and also destroying the planet. And that's when I started, you know, asking some other tough questions like who am I and what's my purpose and, you know, going down a spiritual inquiry. And that's what's led to this whole um, mission oriented work that I'm, you know, driven by now, which is, you know, really, these symptoms that I started discovering of our world were symptoms of a root cause where I, I believe our collective state of consciousness is what's leading to all of these problems that we face of inequality and hunger and poverty and war and you name it, you name any problem that we see. And, you know, I, I, I see a lot of investors and philanthropists tackling these problems at the surface. Um, but what I'm discovering more and more is that, unless we really get to the root cause and sort of wake ourselves up to the reality, we may not necessarily get to where we need to get to. Uh, and which is just the next iteration of our species, which right. I have no idea what it's going well, to be. So let's talk a little bit, because what you're describing is, uh, um, I think we're, this idea of conscious capital uh, comes out of, and it's something that, um, you know, you emphasize a lot. Conscious capital obviously has the word capital in there. So we're not, it's different from saying, okay, I'm just going to go out and spend my time, um, you know, volunteering uh, for Doctors Without Borders or, 
um, you know, just just doing things that really have no financial necessary uh, necessary benefit to to people. What what is conscious capital? What what exactly is that? Yeah, good question. So, I want to make a distinction that I look at capital as not just money, but also our thoughts. And so where and how we spend our money and our thoughts, there's a massive opportunity to bring a state of consciousness to it. And this is why I think you and I always geek out on cryptocurrency as well is because now there's going to be a new layer of transparency and visibility that shows how our money moves, where it moves and the impact that it makes. And so this is where we can actually, you know, not only say I'm making a positive impact, but show it through the following where and how the the movement of money and the movement of our thoughts, where are we putting our mental bandwidth? So to me, conscious capital is really capital, both mental and financial, that is deployed for the sake of raising human consciousness. Right. And, and, and to the extent that there is also, uh, I mean, typically when you, when you've got capital raised, you've got a bunch of investors who want to make money. And I think that what I've kind of uh, gathered from um, learning about kind of the way you operate is, listen, that's not one or the other. You can absolutely go and, you know, make a difference. It's a question of how do you want to deploy a capital? You could just con- you know, you can constant like if you do if you're if you are a believer that that um, for example that um, you know that global warming and environmental change is happening because of carbon and and because of oil and gas. Well, even if oil and gas is a good investment, is that still the best use of your capital? Maybe you'll get an equally good return or almost as good doing something that has a benefit. Now, I'm I'm not saying one one winner whether what people should do, but I think the idea is to try to put some meaning behind your investments. At the end of the day, is is that fair? Absolutely. So what we always talk about and look at is the double ROI. The right. first ROI is the traditional return on investment, which is necessary because we need to have a regenerative economy where we can continue to generate capital and then redeploy it. The other ROI is ripple of impact. What kind of impact is the investment that we're making having on ourselves, the collective consciousness, and the planet itself? And that's a hard thing to measure. How do you even measure that? So the UN has, uh, they've come out with 17 um, uh, goals that they want to look at as a way to measure positive impact, which is awesome. Um, And for me, this is where, you know, conscious thought revolution was born is, I believe we need to measure our consciousness, which is like the most impossible thing to measure because what is consciousness? That's a whole yeah, other And I was going to say, when you say measure consciousness, define consciousness as, as you're saying it, because, you know, and, and I, when I watch your videos and your site, it makes, you know, there's, there's something that's a little bit more, um, you know, something it's, it's not so woo woo. It's, there's a, there's a real sort of definition that you're using when you're saying consciousness that I think that you can verbalize a little bit to make um, clear? Um, <laughs> so this is one of those conversations that you and I could probably sit for six hours <laughs> right. without serious rabbit holes. But, 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 I, mean, but I mean, I, I mean, think I mean, you're saying like, you know, to the extent that consciousness, you're really just saying like, 
your awareness almost, right? I mean, it's just another way of saying, you know, deepening your awareness. Is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah, I'm going to give you our working definition. But before I do that, I want to make it clear that consciousness is an emergent phenomena that is a byproduct of the universe. It's similar as to gravity, right? It's a yeah. hard thing to languageize sure, sure. the unlanguageable. Right. So that's the preamble of it. Mm-hmm. But in our in our sort of everyday life, the practical or pragmatic way that we use it as a definition, as the measurable one, is consciousness is really your aware, your mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual well-being. And so how can we measure that? Well, let's just look at our digital footprint. What, so mental, what are our thoughts? Are we thinking our thoughts? Are we feeling our thoughts? Where are we spending most of our time with our thoughts? How are they impacting us? Emotional well-being. What kind of feelings are we sitting in? Are we sitting in depression or sadness or happiness? Do we understand that we have the power to change our emotions? And physical, that's an obvious one. What are we eating? How are we feeling? How are we using our body? And then spiritual, that's another sort of, what does spiritual mean? Um, And how we define spiritual is really your relationship to yourself, to others, and to the natural world around you. So we've, we've kind of distilled it like that, and we can start measuring and accessing uh, data points to see just how where, you know, our holistic well-being is. And that's how we're working with the definition for consciousness for now. Right. So, you know, um, I think I think there's probably some people who are listening and saying, listen, I've just, you know, I'm really just interested in, in investing and making money. <laughs> and why should I care about this? And listen, I, I get that. But I think what you, uh, you know, part of part of what Gordy's discovered is that um, in the life of an entrepreneur in particular, when you're making a certain amount of money, you got to have a little bit more meaning than that. I mean, a, a mission. And um in particular with the types of things that you're talking about, um, if you need a motivation, if you need some reason to think in this, uh, in this light, you not, you don't really need to go farther than thinking about the, the lives that your children will have when they're adults. Right. I mean, that's, that's probably a, that, that might be a good metric to use that it gives people enough visceral sensitivity to the issues um that that's required to kind of say why would i care you know absolutely i mean look i have a six-year-old a four-year-old and a two-year-old and they're growing up in a world where exponential technology is growing so fast that anything that they're learning about today will probably be obsolete in the next 10 15 years for example my kids will probably never drive a car cars will be autonomous Right. And so, so like we're, um, we're coming to a world that's absolutely crazy and will, uh, in good ways and bad ways, you can take either angle that you want. But the fact is, it's at any rate of progress, we are moving in a place where we're, we almost can't even imagine what the world will look like. Mm-hmm. So with artificial intelligence and machine learning being a mainstay and a way of life, it's that much more crucial to help our kids live in a world where they feel connected more to a purpose and a meaning and actually have something that pulls them forward. And really that is that, that, you know, that, that being connected to a state of awareness or consciousness or holistic happiness, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. Otherwise they too have this uh, potential of being a rat in a rat race that really is like just spinning in circles because we get caught up in this money game and really what is it? What is money anyway? 
let's talk a little bit more because um, one of the things that uh, you and I, um, you know, you're you're one of my uh, uh, one of one of the first guys who really got me into cryptocurrency, and I I've been sort of uh, geeking out. It's it's like my one of my two favorite hobbies now watching football and, and following cryptocurrency. Like I'm constantly <laughs> reading, I'm constantly looking at, but you, you know, you're one of the guys who really got me interested in the first place. What is it about this whole digital, um, uh, you know, distributed ledger, ledger technology and cryptocurrency that really got you inspired? Cause you're very deeply involved with this. I know. Um, I would say that you're, you know, more of a, an insider in this world, um, what 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 gets you so excited about it? I mean, obviously, it's not just a currency. There's something else there. Well, it's massive disruption. It's massive disruption to a system that has existed for far too long that doesn't work for everybody. So, you know, I'm fortunate that we're both fortunate that, you know, we're kids of the internet right uh, so we watch the evolution of the internet so we think back to when we first got our email address yeah. it was like holy smokes this is we're going to be able to have such massive free flow of information that you know we can know almost everything instantaneously well we are at at the cusp of the same thing for money or currency and that's first and foremost what excites me is that it's a it's a massive evolution in techno technology that gives us the opportunity to create more equality amongst all humans. The second thing is it's creating massive multi-generational wealth. Mm -hmm. So much wealth is being created that it's it's insane and it's awesome and new money is being generated. And I think the third thing which resonates a lot with my ethos and values is this layer of transparency, this ability to have sovereignty and this way of conducting um, trade or commerce in a way that removes middlemen, um, which have, which have, you know, they've served their purpose in a lot of ways, but we're, we're moving to a way where they, they're not necessary anymore. And really it's like, they're not adding or creating value. So now it's much more peer to peer, which is how we start, which is ironically how we started um, as a civilization when <laughs> yeah, we would right. trade for, you know, whatever yeah. resources or it's like we're going back, but in a, yeah, it's, it's crazy. And yeah. that's what excites me. Yeah. Yeah. So g- give me, give me uh, and and I know we probably have some of the same interesting, but a couple of, of your favorite uh, distributed ledger uh, projects. So there's a, I, I want to plug, it's funny, it's hard not to plug because I'm invested in so many. Um, one to keep an eye out for is good money. Okay. So good, good money is, uh, I think, going to be uh, a really exciting project. Um, what is there, it about? There, what's that? What is good money all about? I know you mentioned it to me before. I can't. Yeah, I think it's actually about it before. So good money is really, they're, they're tackling, um, being a replacement for fiat currency uh-huh. and a way to a way a new way to bank um and so i'd, I'd say look into that um another one that i'm really excited about is wax yeah. worldwide asset exchange right. um they're doing some really cool stuff as well um and then of course like i mean i would say if you're not in cryptocurrency yet read satoshi's white paper 
like uh-huh. go back to that and look at where it was born. It was born right after the 2008 meltdown. And really that white paper describes and shares um, this revolution. Yeah. And, and I want to also state that even though there's a lot of hot opportunities and really good plays, uh, it is still very nascent. Yeah. The industry is nascent. It's also very volatile. And so I would advise don't get too attached to specific opportunities as exciting as they are, but really relate to the movement itself mm-hmm. and look for, and if you want to look for opportunities, look for the ones that are serving community and the ones that have both a built-in community and are there to serve a community are the ones that will be the mainstays and have, um, you know, both the, the ROI that we all love, which is return on it, uh, investment, but it will have a massive ripple as yeah, well. and that's right. One of the things I think is really interesting about um, these projects is the more grassroots they are, the more like you know people uh, driven they are, the 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 more valuable the project is, and it's almost sort of um, bottom up, um, and and that's really unique for enterprise, I think. And uh, and but that's great. And as you know, I'm 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 a uh, I'm also a big fan of waxing. You're guy. You're the guy who. Uh, first told me about wax and uh, I think that's an amazing project. I think we're going to have Malcolm Cassell on pretty soon too, who's a president of wax uh, worldwide asset exchange. Um, Tell me, you know, outside of cryptocurrency, you've got, you know, you've got the conscious thought revolution. um, You've got this company now and, you know, knowing kind of what your ethos are, what are some, uh, first of all, what is the, you know, you can you can talk about the mission. I think it's probably fairly similar to what you've said already. But but what are sort of some of the concrete projects that um, that you're looking at getting involved with? Well, so firstly, so we have two aspects to CTR.com. One is CTR.capital, which is the fund. And then the other one is CTR.ai, which I'll talk about in a minute. So CTR Capital, what we're doing is, one, we're investing in external companies that are measurably raising consciousness, and we're also incubating CTR companies. Um, So an example of an external company is we've invested in this wearable technology. Uh, It's it's called Aura. It's a ring that you wear that measures your sleep cycles, your heart rate variability, and and it gives you basically your diagnostics uh, via an app. So not only are you able to, um, you know, wear something that's that's cool, if that matters, but more importantly, you're getting uh, a a feedback to just see how your life is so you can make changes. So that's an example of an external investment that we made that we're really excited about. And then an internal sort of incubated uh, company is what we refer to as conscious partners. And Conscious Partners is an organization um, that I think you know you you're really excited about as well. Is mm-hmm. its mission is to use marketing as a force for good. So I've spent over a decade building marketing and advertising technologies that have allowed products and services to really reach scale. Well, sometimes those products and services don't necessarily add a lot of value. They're just there to you know capture value. So Conscious Partners is all about working with entrepreneurs and technologies that actually have a product or service that's there to improve the well-being of 
humanity and the planet. And so we are leveraging our superpowers in the marketing space to bring scale to these kinds of offers. So these are the kinds of examples of organizations that we either invest in or incubate. Another really exciting one that we have in the, in the crypto space is um, we've developed uh, predictive technology that can predict the price of uh, Bitcoin, Ethereum, and altcoins um, with an hourly signal. And so then we we're able to trade, auto trade, based on that signal. And, and really the play there is that's, that's a way that we build more conscious capital. So conscious capital is, you see here capital is where we build, raise, and manage capital for the purpose of redeploying as conscious capital. So those are some of the projects that we're involved in that, you know, so there's one, there's money related, do good for the world related and um, technology related. So we're, we're kind of have this right. umbrella of really cool stuff. You know, and, and I know at some point you're thinking about um, involving in uh, more investors, you know, uh, going out for more capital. So when they, when, when is your vision that when you, um, that when you, invest you're investing in something that you know has that component that you know makes money and then invests into a particular project and it is it that that kind of holistic investment or would it be more asset specific what what, what are you kind of thinking about in terms right so that's one of the things that is going to be an important evolution for our organization because our fund right now is an internal fund but we're also getting a lot of people that are saying, hey, we want to invest with you guys because one, you know how to make money, but two, where you're deploying it is actually really interesting and in how it makes a difference and how you're measuring it. So I'm, I'm working with this notion of how do we curate investors that are truly passionate about beyond just making a massive return. And so that's going to be an interesting um, exploration over the next few months. And, um, and in terms of the, the kinds of investments we make, what we're starting to look at is how can we access data from these specific investments that we can then utilize as a part of CTR.ai that can uh, add to the, what we refer to as the consciousness quotient. So, we, so for example, let's say um, you developed a, a new business and product um, around wealth formula and let's say it's an application and people download it. They pay, you know, I don't know, $9 a month for it. And what it does is it analyzes their entire uh, consumerism and then provides them powerful insights on uh, where they can spend better um, to improve yeah. their well-being and the planet. So let's say we invest in that. Well, one, it would be a great... It would be a great investment because we could probably help you scale that from the marketing side to get right. massive distribution so that it's a good product for investors because they'll make a great ROI. But also what makes it a powerful investment is there's a lot of rich data that we have access to that helps us understand human consumption and their uh, cons uh, consumer behavior where we can start actually look at macro trends of where are people spending their money how is that impacting their behavior what kind of content are they consuming based on that and then we can start providing insights to those consumers like hey did you know that last month you spent a thousand dollars at a organization that you know um employs children overseas or something yeah like if you have that kind of awareness, you, you know, the hypothesis, you're going to think twice about sure. that. So yeah. that's an example of sort of how we're playing and, and the problems we want to tackle. Yeah. Um, when, when do you think that's going to kind of, um, 
you know, when, when, when do you think it's going to sort I know you're already starting um, yeah. and I've been involved with that a little bit, but when, when do you think this is going to really start to uh, get moving in terms of, you know, raising capital and, and, and yeah, kind of good, good question. So we're, what we're doing is working on a hybrid model um, that I don't know if it's done, but been done before. So we're looking at the next 90 to 120 days um, up to the beginning of, of the year. And what we want to do, so the vision is, is this for the fund. One, we want to curate like-minded investors who really care about the double ROI. And then what we want to do is every year, the council of investors would get together and collectively decide what percentage of the fund, profit of the funds would be donated to nonprofit initiatives around the planet where they're conducting experiments. So we would solicit teams that are around the planet working on their own projects um, to raise consciousness, whether in a community somewhere or as you know a tech play or some kind of education experiment. Uh, so that's a way that we want to um, you know create it as a both for-profit, but then also fund nonprofit initiatives, which is a unique sort of approach. And we're getting advisement on how to structure that. I mean, there are uh, you know full transparency. There's some massive tax advantages oh, and sure. structural advantages by creating it that way. Um, so we're really trying to understand the landscape and uh, and play within it in a way that we can make massive impact. Yeah, and I think that's you know, and I think that's what I like about you know, it's one of the things I want to emphasize that I really like about the way you're doing this is that, you know, I think um, when it comes to changing the world, I think you know a lot of especially people when they're, um, uh, you know, young and and don't really need any money and, and they just think that it's it's just about going out there and protesting things and you know and and maybe volunteering and stuff but it only goes so far and and what we know is that what really makes a big difference in the world uh, like it or not is capital is money and and so being able to harness that uh to investors not only for the purpose of good but you know what it's good and you're going to also make money and there's probably going to be some tax advantages there makes it a lot easier to swallow. If you have an opportunity to either invest in something that has social good to it and good for humanity, good for our children or not, you're probably, and, and, and you're, you might even make more money doing it that way, uh, then you're probably going to go ahead and pick that, that, uh, that choice. Right. So, um, I think, um, yeah, I mean, I think that's a, that's a great message, Gordy. Now, where, so the, your websites that you talked about, if we want to learn more, uh, ctr.com, ctr.ai, what other resources would you recommend if people are interested in sort of this, uh, this type of thinking when it comes to investing and, and stuff? Right. Uh, so I want to share this piece of information that is absolutely crucial to know for your audience and anybody else that's looking at the future of investing. Over the next 25 years, there is the largest wealth transfer in history. Over $50 trillion is changing hands. And that's just through death. And where that money is moving is towards millennials and women. Because a lot of this wealth was held by older men who, you know, because time causes right. sure. death. And, and so that money is moving. And when you start looking at the value system of where the money is moving, 
there's a different set of values for millennials and and the the sort of uh, incumbents of this this new wealth. And so that's why it's also really important to understand those values because that shows you and paints a picture of the trends that are are coming up and and the value sets are around i mean look at millennials they don't care about owning shit they don't want to own cars or homes yeah, or anything right, they, right. and so so we need to keep these things in mind and uh and i think that's a really important thing to start digging and looking at and and understanding and so you can look at this movement of impact investing um which which i think does a good job of covering some of this but I, again i i kind of have this this notion where I share when you know when I go and do a, a, a talk is impact investing only covers half the problem because really what does impact even mean negative impact positive impact neutral impact 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 so I like to call it conscious investing and because your money when it's sitting in your pocket it has zero charge zero value other than what they say that the number on it. The minute it has a charge is how you choose to spend it, where you choose to spend it. And that is where conscious investing is. Are we spending it on an organization that is uh, degrading humanity or are we spending it on an organization that is measurably improving the well-being? And the same thing again with thoughts. You know, we, we constantly have thoughts. Even right now, as you and I are talking, your brain is already getting ready for the next question and computing what I'm saying. And your listeners are probably saying, like, what the heck is this guy talking about? <laughs> the thing is always going, right? Uh -huh. So the thoughts are always there, just like the money is always in our pockets. But where we decide to deploy these thoughts is when we see the, that ripple effect. Right. And so that's why I think it's absolutely important and crucial to reframe impact investing to conscious investing good stuff gordy so check it check out gordy ball stuff on conscious thought revolution ctr.com ctr.ai gordy uh thanks for being a wealth formula podcast absolutely my pre my pleasure buck thanks for having me be right back Welcome back to the show, everyone. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Gordy. I know it was a little different from what we usually talk about. Uh, in addition to being a very smart entrepreneur, Gordy is uh, one of my key crypto insider contacts. So, uh, you know, I know we talked a little bit about some of the projects that he likes. So if you're a crypto person, certainly keep those in mind because... Um, because he really knows what he's talking about and is connected very much in this world. Um, we'll be likely seeing some joint ventures uh, with Gordy's team in, in my accredited investor club in the coming months and years uh, because I like what they're doing and I'd like to potentially work together. By the way, um, I do want to remind you that if you are an accredited investor, which means uh, that you make at least $200,000 a year or uh, $300,000 of filing jointly or you have a net worth of a million dollars outside of your personal residence, then you are an accredited investor, right? You don't have to apply to be one or something like that. If you meet those criteria, you can go to wealthformula.com and sign up for a credit investor club. Uh, again, just go to wealthformula.com and uh, follow the directions there. If you do that, you will basically become part of this um, this situation where we uh, we look at deals together, et cetera. But it's a process, right? You have to 
fill out a little survey. We have to be uh, make sure that you you know you're appropriate. Um, you talk to me or somebody on my team and and all that stuff. So um, there is a process to get involved, but it's certainly worth it. I think now. Also on wealthformula.com, make sure I know we have a bunch of people already who have uh, had questions and comments for on uh, for the next Ask Buck show and speak pipe. You can easily do those. You can do those on uh, leave me comments. You know, you can download an app too, um, the Wealth Formula app, and you can uh, leave comments on there as well. You can do it via video if you want, which is also interesting. Uh, you can play that. Now, uh, finally, I just want to point out that we've also made it very easily for you to uh, review if you want Wealth Formula Podcast. And you can, of course, only if you want to give me a five-star review, uh, go, ahead, go ahead and do that. And uh, that, also, that obviously helps us with rankings and continue to bring high-quality guests on the show. That's it for me on Wealth Formula Podcast this week. This is Buck Jeffrey signing off. Thank you for listening to the Wealth Formula Podcast. Visit us on the web at wealthformula.com. The information contained in this podcast are opinions, not fact. As always, consult your own financial team before making any investment. See you next time.